Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the Book of Romans with part three of this message entitled, Steps to Holiness. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans 6.15. Now here's our Bible teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we confess that we live in a rotten, corrupt culture where lie is enthroned, fornication is normal, laziness is fashionable. Lord, have mercy upon us. This corruption is not only outside the church, it is also inside the church. We are in great trouble, O God, have mercy upon us. May we not subscribe to the corruption and the death and the shame. Help us, O Lord, to believe in the gospel and function in this world as its light and as its salt. As light, help us to enlighten them. As salt, help us, O Lord, to prevent the decaying and the rottenness. O God, speak to us. We are your people. We've been redeemed, set free, changed. We have experienced a supernatural, amazing change by the divine action. Therefore, O God, help us to shine our stars in this crooked and perverse generation. Help us, O Lord, to follow Jesus. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A few years ago in Los Angeles, a man was carrying a sign, sandwich board sign. On his front was the sign, I am a slave of Jesus Christ. Then on his back was the sign, whose slave are you? Theologian Andres Nygren stated the idea that man could be free in the sense that he can be lord of his own life is nothing but chimera. You are asking what is that word? It means monstrosity. It means wild fantasy. Everyone according to Romans 6 is a slave. No one is a self-determining independent being. At the end of one's life, no one will say, I did it my way. Nobody does it his way. It is an illusion to think that you do it your way. Either you are a slave of sin and Satan or a slave of Jesus Christ. Either Satan is your Lord or Jesus Christ is your Lord. It's that simple and clear cut, sir. Steps to Holiness, part three. And I want to speak about obedience, sir. Strict obedience to God. In Romans 6, 14, we considered three indicatives. Three divine realities that guaranteed four imperatives in regard to our holiness, our sanctification. 
And the indicatives were sin is not your master if you are a Christian. Sin is not your master. Number two, why sin is not your master? Because you are not under law. Number three, because you are under grace. Sin is not your master because you died to sin. You are not under law because when you died to sin, you also died to law. Because law gives strength to sin. We are not under law as a justifying principle. And in Romans 7, 4, he tells us we died to the law through the death of Jesus Christ. Number three, because you are under grace. That means under the powerful reign of grace. Therefore, we can do these four imperatives. Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Number two, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Verse 12. Number three, do not offer the parts of your body to sin. And number four, offer yourselves to God. And your members as weapons of righteousness. So point number one. We obey God because we are sir under grace. Under grace. So Paul deals with a question of an opponent. As in 6.1. There he dealt with the question. Shall we continue in sin? For the purpose that grace may abound. Here in 6.15, the question is, shall we deliberately sin? Because we are not under law, but under grace. This time it may be a legalist opponent asking the question, what is going to happen to one's life, to one's ethics, if we are not under law? Why not transgress the law with impunity? This was a big question for the Jewish people of the first century church. The truth is believers are not under law establishing their own righteousness and justification. Why is it, sir? Law demands and condemns and curses and pronounces death. And no fallen man can keep the law of God. It can never justify a sinner. Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, was born under law for the purpose to redeem those under law. To redeem them from being under law. So he took us out from being under the demand and condemnation and curse and death of the law. Let's praise him. The Pharisees attempt to justify themselves. They do not need a Messiah. They do not need a Redeemer. And this was true in the New Testament times. Remember the story of Saul of Tarsus in Philippians 3. Or look at the Pharisee in Luke chapter 18. The Pharisees, unlike the publican, go to hell unjustified because they glory of being under law.
Paul says in Galatians 2 and verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Yet those who are justified by the righteousness of Christ are members of the new covenant. What is the wonderful thing about the new covenant? You ask the question. Because the law of God is written in our hearts. It is not something external. It is something internal. Therefore even in the Old Testament you read Psalm 19 and Psalm 1 and Psalm 119 speaks about the delight of God's people in the law of God. So we read in Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews 8. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. In other words, the law which is the very nature of God becomes the very nature of God's people. Friends, if you don't like God's law, it is because you are not a Christian. Your claim that you are a Christian is false. I'll put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. My people. My holy people. So the people of God delight in the law of God and do them. Capacities given to them. Divine nature. And the Holy Ghost. Believers eagerly obey God's law. Not for their justification, but as evidence of their justification. Therefore, it is abominable to say, shall we deliberately sin because we are not under law, but under grace. God forbid. True Christians do not despise the law, but honor God's law because the law expresses the character of God. Friends, look today, political scene and church scene. Lie, 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 lie. Left and right. I said the other day, lie is enthroned. And truth is despised and thrown to the ground. Lie, sir. Politicians and preachers all over the world lie. And refuse to preach the gospel. And live by the gospel. Shall we deliberately sin because we are not under law but under grace? God forbid. True Christians do not despise the law but honor God's law. Why is it? Because the law expresses the character of God. You don't lie because God cannot lie. You tell truth because God is truth. To despise God's law is to despise God himself. And soon we read in Romans 7 that the law is holy, it is righteous, it is spiritual, it is indeed good. True, a Christian is not under sin or law, but he is what sir? Under grace. But what does it mean to be under grace? Ask the question. Hupo karin, under grace, means under the authority and power and rule of grace the king. Grace is the most powerful king 
we devalued the word grace by saying say grace before the meal say grace no grace is king grace reigns we are told in Romans 5 verse 21 through righteousness grace reigns through righteousness not lie not sin through righteousness unto eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord to be under grace means to be under our Lord Jesus Christ who has received all authority in heaven and on earth he is king of kings and lord of lords we love Jesus Christ our redeemer and Jesus said if you love me keep my commandments we love Jesus Christ therefore we keep his commandments we have love power sir Saint Paul says the love of God compels me motivates me impels me pushes me forward love is powerful sir very powerful most powerful in the whole world is love for God we have Holy Ghost power who shed abroad in our hearts love of God immeasurably that we exude and overflow with the love sir under grace people are holy people sir not lawless people not careless people under grace people are holy people they are obedient people grace of God will never lead anyone to transgress God's law I told you grace reigns through righteousness grace of God will never lead you to sin grace of God always leads you to honor God's law by obeying it grace is the superpower sir those touched by this grace love God's law second Corinthians 9 8 and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work simply means you will obey God it is sheer foolishness to say why not sin because we are not under law but under grace friends justification by Christ perfect righteousness guarantees our sanctification and glorification if you don't understand that those terms guarantees our holy living Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.30 Jesus Christ is our righteousness our holiness and our glorification he is not just our righteousness he who remains in sin is not justified despite his claims the Bible says without holiness no one shall see God Jesus himself said blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God Romans 6 1 through 14 argues that we do not continue in sin because we died to sin 
by our union with Christ in his death and resurrection. In Romans 6, 15 through 23, Paul argues, we do not deliberately sin because we are the slaves of God. As I said before, everyone is a slave, either to master sin or the great master God. Galatians 5, verse 18 states, but if you are led by the Spirit, that means if you are under the Holy Spirit, that means if you are under grace, you are not under law. Don't come and tell me, I'm not under law, I'm under grace, therefore I can sin. Under grace means under the Holy Spirit of God. Under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. Not under law for justification does not mean you are free to do what you want. I know because we have two dollars and we are mighty people, two dollars. And we live in big mansions and we drive big pickups. And expensive cars. We don't let anyone to tell us what we should do, sir. May your money perish with you if that is your attitude. What do you have that you have not received? You are under God, the Holy Spirit, who enables you to honor God's law. Theologian Leon Morris says, freedom from law means freedom for God, not freedom from God. Theologian Robert Haldane, he says this freedom from the moral law which the believer enjoys is a freedom from an obligation to fulfill it in his own person for his justification. I hope you understand that statement. I know you didn't, so I read it again. Listen to Haldane. Freed from the moral law which the believer enjoys is a freedom from an obligation to fulfill it in his own person for his justification. So freedom from the law means freedom from my justifying myself by keeping the law by myself. Thank God I'm set free from that. Haldane again, if a man voluntarily sin on the pretext that he is not under the law but under grace, it is a proof that the grace of God is not in him. That's a proof. Look at verse 16 of Romans 6. It is an axiom, a self-evident truth. Who is a slave? He is an obeyer. A slave obeys his master implicitly and always. His will is the master's will. Whether he likes it or not. He is owned by the master. He has no independence. There are only two masters and two kinds of slaves and two opposing results of their slavery. A slave to master sin, he reaps death. We are told death. A slave to master God results in righteousness, experimental righteousness, holiness, and eternal life. Death. Death or eternal life. Ask yourself, whom are you obeying? He is the master. And you are the slave. 
and you must meet with the death or what? Eternal life. Everyone is a slave. Everyone obeys either sin or God. Everyone reaps a harvest of either death or the gift of eternal life. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. But I have come that you may have life, eternal life, and have that life in abundance. The cruel master sin deceives. Young man, you are deceived if you are sinning. Young girl, you are deceived if you are sinning. And listen to me. Sin deceives. He gives death through temporal pleasure. He's a dope pusher. He has only one purpose, to fry your brain. And some of you have done that. As you lived such terrible life in the past. Fried brain. Sin says, feel good and die. No, he doesn't say, let me say it again. He says, feel good and die. It's like that man who said, I stole a rope. At the end was a cow. Feel good and die. Sin pushes his slavery on people by telling them to eat the forbidden fruit. And be free from God and from all his delegated authorities. Don't study, have fun. Your father and mother is sending you money. And you are supposed to work hard, but sin says don't study. Have fun. Have an abortion and be free. Divorce and be happy. Don't work and eat well. Eat much and lose weight. Borrow much and feel great. Bible is a trap. Don't ever read it. Read pornography, sin says. Sin leads to what, sir? Death, that is eternal death. Adam and Eve believed the lie and disobeyed God's word. Jesus believed the word of God and despised the lie and saved us from sin's lie. Friends, I am a slave of Jesus. Whose slave are you this morning? Second point, we obey God because we are under the word of God. Verse 17, under the word of God, sir. Take a look at verse 17 because I need you to notice something. But thanks be to God. This is, this is a doxology. St. Paul is praising God for saving Roman Christians. Thanks be to God. Something to rejoice and celebrate and praise God. That God saved you and saved me from death. From the grip of sin. From Satan, from the world, from the flesh. Thanks be to God, sir. That though you used to be slaves to sin. What does that mean? That's your past history. It's not the present history. Past you used to be you were. You wholeheartedly received the form of teaching. Believe the form of teaching. Is that what it is, sir? See, I, I'm trying to make you look at the book. What does it say, sir? Obeyed. You expected, believed. You expected, received. That's not what he's saying. You wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching. 
notice then, to which you were entrusted, given over, handed over. Point number two is we obey God because we are under the word. The word is over us. It is to this doctrine God handed you over to. Hallelujah. We are under grace, but we are also under the Bible, under the gospel. Friends, something supernatural, something miraculous happened. A great change has taken place in our lives. We were slaves of sin. We were sons of disobedience. We were slaves of Satan. We were dead in trespasses and sins. We were incapable of self-salvation. Incapable of delivering us from sin's grip. But something happened, sir. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Something supernatural, miraculous happened. Great change took place in my life. Let's not underestimate this salvation. Let me read it to you. Psalm 124 recently be read. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me from verse 7 and 8. Let me read to you. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, sir. Hallelujah. God broke the snare. And we escaped. And we have escaped, he says, our help. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We escaped. Snare broken. Heaven came down. My snare is broken. And I came out. Hallelujah. Flying like a bird. Hallelujah. Then I was reading 2 Timothy 2, 25 and 26. Those who oppose him, he must greatly instruct in the hope that, notice here, God will grant repentance leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And that they will come to their senses. And what? Escape from the trap of the devil. Who has taken them captive to do his will. You understand if you are not a Christian. You understand the condition in which you are. You are trapped sir. You are enslaved to do one thing. The will of your captor. (laughs) Thank God we escaped. Hallelujah. Thank God our chain is broken. The prison doors opened up. Hallelujah. Snare has been broken and we have escaped. Because, let me read to you, when a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe, but when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which a man trusted and divides up the spoils. Someone stronger has come. At midpoint point of time, from heaven, born of a woman, born under the law. And he redeemed us from our slavery to sin and law and Satan by his perfect obedience of God's law and set us free. He opened the prison doors, chains broken asunder. We are walking and leaping and praising God. <laughs> Praise you, God. Our help is in the name of the Lord. 
He who was born under the law kept the law and redeemed us to himself. He paid the highest price of his own precious blood. We've been born again. That's a great change, sir. We have been justified and adopted into God's family. What a change. Before we hated God's law, now God has put his law into our hearts. Let me read to you from Ezekiel 11. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. They will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I'll be their God. Or Ezekiel 36. I will spring clean water on you. That's preaching the word of God. And you'll be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You will live in the land I gave your forefathers. You'll be my people and I'll be their God. (laughs) That's what happened to us. Obedience to God is our new lifestyle. Our new lifestyle. So read the text, verse 17. You obeyed from your heart the form of teaching to which you were handed over. Christians obey the gospel, which is the standard of doctrine. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.13, what you heard from me, keep us the pattern of sound teaching. St. Paul tells Timothy, until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. God has put us under sound doctrine, under the gospel, under the Bible, under the very word of God. So they heard the gospel preached, they understood the gospel, they exercised their intellect, in other words. Friends, a Christian exercises intellect and his will and his holy affections toward God. Christianity is not for stupid people. Christianity is for intelligent people who experienced a new heart, a new mind, a new will. And new affections. Obeyed means exercise their will. From the heart means they delighted in it. Friends, uh, this is the one thing you must understand. This is the one thing you must choose. And this is the one thing you must love. The word of God, sir. The text does not say they believed the gospel or received the gospel. Even though elsewhere we read such statements but here we read obeyed the gospel in fact in Romans 1 verse 5 we read though through him and for his name's sake we received grace and apostleship for what to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience of faith the obedience of the gospel or if you don't want to believe it You just read 6.17 of Romans. They obeyed the form of teaching. Or take a look at 15, chapter 8, uh, 15, verse 18. Here it is. 
I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles. What is it, sir? To obey God by what I have said and done. Oh, there is great attempt that is being made to separate faith and obedience. You cannot separate what God has joined together. Trust and obey. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus. Trust and obey, sir. Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to what, sir? Obey whatsoever things I have commanded you. Essence of sin is disobedience. Essence of salvation is obedience to God. It is time that we elevated obedience. Even Christians think obedience is a shame. God said something, you immediately obey. It's a shame. Father said something, you immediately obey. It's a shameful thing. Don't do it immediately. Let there be delay and debate and deny and so on. Now, sir, immediate obedience is the nature of God's people. Christian doctrine always leads to Christian ethics, the way of life. The late Dr. Boyce said obedience is the very essence of believing. It is what belief is all about. Why do you take that medicine? Because you believe it. Why didn't you say, well, I believe it. I just believe it, sir. I don't want to take medicine. I just believe it. It doesn't work there, does it? <laughs> Belief without obedience is the doctrine of demons which, which prevails in many evangelical churches. Friends, we were born slaves of sin and Satan and we are born again slaves to righteousness and to our Savior Jesus Christ. And when you look at it, you notice one thing. We became Christians by divine action alone. God set us free and God handed us over to the gospel. Gospel is our boss. We are under the gospel, sir. We do not judge the Bible. The Bible teaches us, rebukes us, corrects us, trains us to do the will of God, so we now train ourselves to godliness. We stand under the gospel. We want to hear and do, hear and do, hear and do, not hear and argue and not do. The gospel transforms us. It conforms us to the character of Christ. The gospel puts upon us its own imprint it conforms us to the character of Christ. We are under the custody of the gospel. That's what that verse says. We stand under it, not over it. It leads us and we follow. Therefore, we diligently and prayerfully study the word, meditate upon it, and do what it tells us. We honor the word because it is the very word of God. When the word speaks, God speaks. Yes. If only we could see the Sinai smoking and in flame and shaking and the trumpet sound, we will also tremble and fall down and say, please, let him not speak to us. 
let somebody else speak to us and here Jesus Christ is speaking to us here the word of God is speaking to us we should hear all the thunder and lightning and we should see this shaking when you read the Bible say work out your salvation houser with fear and trembling the word renews our mind that we may worship and serve God acceptably you don't change the gospel with our brilliance as the theologians have been doing the gospel changes us Calvin said obedience is the mother of true knowledge of God and listen at least that you are not doing God a favor but God has done you the greatest favor in the world by setting you free from the slavery to sin and Satan and the world and the flesh hallelujah and be escaped hallelujah praise you from the trap of the devil be escaped free at last sir hallelujah heavenly father we pray that you help us to understand this gospel that this gospel may change us from glory to glory and make us conformable to Jesus Christ our Lord in whose name we pray amen you've been listening to grace and glory audio of part 3 of this message entitled steps to holiness come back soon for more transforming bible teaching from pastor pg matthew